Hi there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. I'm Richard Byram and joining me on the line as usual today is Peter Smith, the Evening Post's Chief Rugby League Writer. This hi is Richard. Hi Pete, episode three already and by how the season's changed and sadly for the worst over the last 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone saw this, this coming, not, not a few weeks ago anyway, maybe, maybe last weekend I think the writing was on the wall by then, but um, certainly at the start of the season, I don't think anyone thought we'd be, we'd be going into shutdown no. just um, seven or eight weeks into the campaign. It's a, it's a really bizarre situation, totally unprecedented. Um, obviously, it's not just rugby league that's affected. It's every other sport, every walk of life, and nobody else with the faintest idea what's going to happen next. That's the that's the the really strange part. It is about it. I think rugby league have obviously done the right thing by calling everything off until April the third. I suspect they don't they don't really expect to be back playing again after April the third. I think they probably just find themselves a little bit of time to to maybe talk about a few. Um, options and and what they might be able to do going forward, but I suspect it's going to be quite a long layoff with the forecast suggesting the situation is going to get worse before it gets better. So um, it's very worrying times for for the sport and for for life in general, really. It is indeed, yeah. I mean, like you, I was expecting the call really after after this weekend's games. They managed to get those through and played. But I think with the the way that everybody else was calling off and the way that, as you say, the situation changes alarmingly almost by the hour. You know, yesterday we had rugby league, I think it was hockey, rugby union and the Grand National all fell in about 40 minutes yesterday evening. And, it, you know, it just seemed like, you know, what's going to happen next, as you say? Um, obviously, ultimately, sport is only, as we said last week, a small part of of the wider picture, but it is still a very important part of people's lives and a, and, a, and a key release for a lot of people on a weekend away from work and you know their social lives and everything are built round following the team, whether that's rugby league or whatever. So it it really is a you know I know we keep using the word unprecedented, but it is you know even in wartime it wasn't quite like this and they still played some games didn't they in various sports to to keep spirits up you know which... yeah well I've, I've just been researching a little bit of that actually for um for something i'll do for the ep um in a few days time that yeah the the first world war and the second world war didn't manage to shut rugby league down yeah but, um coronavirus has there's been spells when the when the sport's gone up to a couple of months without matches due to really bad weather in a, in a couple of particularly harsh winters. Um, but, but nothing really like this when um, when we just don't know what the situation is going to turn out like. At least in winter you've got some rough idea of when things might start to improve a little bit, but we don't know if if this lockdown is still going to be in place in, in a month's time, four months' time, six months' time. It's uh, it's a very difficult situation, very worrying for everybody who's employed in the the, the league industry. I think um, you've got to feel for for casual staff who, who just work on match days and depend on that for um, for income. Also, of course, people who are employed full time by by clubs that they're, they're going to be worried about the future. And I think some clubs themselves will be concerned about how they're going to operate 
on a one-term basis if there's no income coming in the sport's not exactly awash with money is it so no how is it going to survive i think it it's maybe going to have to rely on on sponsors and um, sponsors and fans at some stage and of course they're they're like everybody else they're going to be struggling a little bit as well if their their income's not coming in so it's it's a really really difficult and and concerning um concerning time and i think you made a good point about sport being important and and people's lives and I don't know what what you were like but it was just very strange last weekend with obviously the Walsh Rugby League on the Sunday but yes. you know, on Saturday and Saturday evening nothing to listen to on the radio nothing to to watch live no no sport on TV um, it, it it's amazing how big a, a part it, it is in, in in a lot of people's lives it and, is and, and now that's missing it's it's left quite a hole it has indeed because you know with a young family I don't always get to see live sport when I'd like to these days trust me I do my best but um, you know as you say the thing is even if you don't actually see it you see the results and you see the outcomes and you see what's happening and who's injured and who's won and you know it's part of the the daily conversation as well isn't it as you say that there's people want to talk about how their team did at the weekend who they're playing next who was playing well um, maybe have a bet on it even, you know, and uh, it's just really, really strange times. And I was talking to a neighbour today and I was saying to her, you know, that obviously we've still got papers to fill in that. Um, I'm not, well, you know, the guys are already, including yourself, are doing a great job of trying to find new and innovative ways of doing that. But without your staple bread and butters every week, it's, it's, a, it's a tough time. Yeah. It's all about. Um, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's all what happens on the the eighty or the ninety minutes on a on a Friday night, Saturday afternoon, or, or Sunday afternoon, and we've not got that at the moment. Um, right? I just all I seem to do with my life is um, evenings is take my boy to play sport or or yeah. myself, and now that's not happening. It's just it's just very very strange. How how do you feel? How do you fill your time? Um, but as I say, it's, it's certainly a concern for everybody who's who's employed in in sport and in, in rugby league. Let's let's hope all the, the clubs can can come through this. I mean, I think the, the stronger Super League clubs should be should be okay. Yes. Um, a lot of them have got other income streams, but a lot of that's also dependent on on bringing crowds in. It's it, they're in the hospitality industry, and if you you make a lot of income staging conferences and, and hosting dinners and things and, and they're not happening at the moment so even the big clubs are going to be struggling a, a little bit but you worry about some of the, the clubs that operate on hand to mouth existence anyway yeah. they've obviously budgeted for a certain income through the season and that's not coming in at the moment but, but they'll still have, have to be paying money out on wages and that sort of thing so how they survive I don't know, it's going to be difficult. The sport's obviously going to have to help them out, but the, the league doesn't have deep pockets to be to be bailing clubs out. I don't know whether the government will be looking at doing that at, at some stage, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens over the next um, few weeks and months. Indeed. Um, as you've just mentioned there, the income factor for a lot of clubs must be very worrying. And I was just talking to somebody earlier and saying probably the irony of this situation is that 
most people now will be battening down the hatches for a couple of months and at the end of that probably coming out of it hopefully healthy and with a bit of money to spend on you know leisure time or whatever or treating themselves uh, having got through this difficult situation but well, what exactly will be left well, no, no. Be paid through this if you're freelance or you're a casual worker on zero hours or, or something. I think your main priority is going to be just putting food, food on the table. Yeah. Um, but on, on the, from the rugby league point of view, there's also the question of what on earth are they going to do when the backlog of matches develops? Leeds already have two games in hand. Um, Castellans have three. There are no real three dates in the calendar. Um, there's an extra two matches everybody's now going to have to fit in. Yes. Just, I just don't, can't see. If it goes, they could probably manage. If, if it, they go back to work on April the 3rd, they could probably fit the extra games in there. It's going to mean playing midweek several times, which isn't ideal in a, in a sport like modern rugby league, where it's, it's a conscious sport and it's so tough. It takes a week for, for players to recover at the best of times. So that's not ideal. No. But if it goes into six weeks or eight weeks or something, they're, just, they're, they're not going to be able to get the full season in, I don't think. So what are the, what are the options? Maybe cancelling the Australian tour at the end of the year? I don't think they'd want to do that. But if, if the season runs over into November or something, I'm not sure how they could, they could do both. Um, one thing might be to cancel the loop fixtures. Which are the fixtures when six extra fixtures at the end of the season yeah. when teams play each other a third time they could maybe go and make for a if you still had the Magic Weekend you could have a 23 round season um, play Magic Weekend plus everybody else home the way that might be a solution but clubs have again were budgeted for the three home games they'd lose so it's not ideal no but, uh, there's, there's some real tough thinking going to have to be taking place behind closed doors at the RFL and, and Super League and at clubs themselves over the next um, over the next few weeks. Yeah, and from what I've been reading as well, quite a lot of the, um, particularly in football, for example, the, the finance coming in from the TV companies and that is dependent on seasons and matches being played and being mm-hmm. played to a conclusion. I don't know whether that's the case in rugby league, but you would imagine it would be that there'd be some kind of yeah. clause both ways. We we pay you for so many games and you have an obligation to put those on. I know, obviously, again, this is a, a difficult time and it, and one that they haven't dealt with before. But even so, um, you know, I, w- I was thinking maybe even if they just did, you know, one round of games where, you know, everybody play. you know, if it got to that situation where there was only few weeks of the season left, you know, maybe make it a shorter competition or, or f- as you say, fewer games and go straight into some kind of playoff system or scrap relegation so that they and restart the season next season. But even then, there's no guarantee what the condition won't come back sometime in the new year or another time. Um, yeah, we could find ourselves in this situation again. It's just, it's all, it's all unknown, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I was, I was reading something um, with Ray, Wayne Rooney at the weekend talking about playing games behind closed doors and I'm sure this is as true for rugby probably more so even than football but he was saying that was pointless because of all the physical contact that still takes place between the players and that's just yeah. in football 
And I've, I've been laughing at some of the some of the advice to rugby players saying that you know, don't shake hands and, and don't don't hug your teammates. Why didn't you score well, for eighty minutes? Yeah. Spending, <laughs> spending eighty minutes bashing the living daylights over each other. And, yeah. You know, it, it is difficult to avoid um, physical contact in rugby league. Yes. Well, having seen. Toronto's defence against Leeds the other week it, it suggests it is possible but, um, but yeah it, I'm not sure that shaking hands at the end of the game is going to be too much of a problem really no. um, but once you know there was, maybe you could have played behind closed doors although that, that is not a very good option because it, it costs clubs money to stage matches they obviously wouldn't have any income coming in unless there was some sort of special TV deal yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't think that's ideal. Plus, there will be a stage soon when players start contracting the virus, and then you're not going to be able to play. So I don't, I don't think that's a long-term, a long-term proposition. No. It would have been interesting to see how it would have gone in Kesselan last weekend. Actually, I, I was in a strange sort of way looking forward to, to just seeing what it would be like watching the game with, with no spectators in there. Yes. But, um, and I thought it was the right decision for the game to go ahead initially, um, but it would have been tough on Catalans. And as it turned out, I think Leeds made the right decision by not travelling for, for a couple of reasons. One was they had a player who was showing signs or symptoms of, of coronavirus, subsequently tested negative, but we didn't know that at the time. And they were travelling on scheduled flights via Barcelona, so there was a risk they could have spread the virus around um, other people they came into contact with. And the other thing was, France and Spain had been shut down. So yes. how would they have got home? Yeah. Um, they, they might still be stuck out there, or, or at best they'd been faced with a long coach journey or something. So I, I think it was the right decision not to go. And I think the rugby league have made a bit of a PR mistake by saying that Leeds could face a sanction. Um, I, I suspect, I can't see how they could possibly... No. Uh, punish Leeds for not going. I mean, uh, to an extent, I can understand that that um, Leeds made the decision themselves not to travel. Although it's certainly not true to suggest that that Leeds didn't discuss it with the RFL. They were in contact with the RFL, as far as I know, all day on on Thursday last week. Um, the, the RFL wanted them to play. Leeds didn't want to to make the trip. So I, I can understand the RFL saying, "Well, we can't have clubs calling fixtures off." There's a health and safety issue, um, and these are that word again. Also, unprecedented times, and I, I think even to suggest that they're, they're going to punish Leeds is a is a it was a bit of a silly thing to say. Yeah, to be I'd be surprised if they did carry that that threat out. Um, certainly, hope they don't. It, it, it would send send the wrong message. I think. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it, it seems almost impossible to believe. I know rules are rules, and. The, you can't go unilaterally calling games off. You know, I think there was an incident a few years ago when Middlesbrough did it because some of their team were ill and they decided to call a game off and were fined, I think, were they by the FA as a result of that. But in these situations, you know, it's just common sense really all round, the fact that they haven't gone on the journey, um, the fact that they could have well have passed it on to somebody else and the fact, you know, on public transport as well, in effect. So it was just, I can't believe that the Rugby League, or, or other clubs really, would would want to take action of any sort, really. 
I mean, there might be some kind of reprimand, you know, reminder put out that teams can't do this, but in the situation, we kind of understand why you did it. But uh, even so, you know, we, we know that sometimes rugby league is a great innovator and sometimes it shoots itself in the foot. And I think this is one of those times, uh, hopefully common sense will pre prevail. Um, yeah. Everybody's still safely here, and fortunately, the the player concerned didn't have uh, the condition after all, which was obviously good news for him and for the club. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, good. I mean, if he, if he tested positive, they they had to go into self isolation. They wouldn't have been able to yes. play this weekend even if there were matches. But yeah, I mean, he's he's okay, which is the main thing. I think the players, the players themselves, will be they'll be fine. You know, they're, they're surrounded by the best medical. Um, best medical advice. Um, they are looked after really, really well. Yeah. And they're they're, they're straight young blokes. But yeah. They have a lot of them have kids. A lot of them have, have elderly um, relatives, and and some of them all, all have relatives who aren't in the best of health. And the players don't want to be spreading the virus to to. Other people just like no, just like we don't. I mean, the players no. are no different to anybody else. They're in, got exactly the same concerns as everybody at, at this stage. Um, it was the right, it was the right thing to do. I think make, making the players go would have been would have been wrong. Um, and actually, to, to lose before the shutdown was announced, to lose had said they weren't going to come to Dewsbury this week. So I mean, I, I wonder if. What the RFL are thinking there is, I certainly hope that they'd see sense on that one as well, and, and yes. not decide to take um, to take any action. I know there was an individual Catalans player who said he wouldn't make the trip to Wigan this week. People people behaving in a human fashion, they they don't want to to take risks and to risk the health of, of people close to them, and that's totally understandable. Yeah, definitely. You know, and as we just touched on there about playing behind closed doors, it 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 keeps it away from the crowd as such, or stops the crowd spreading it to each other. But it still doesn't protect the players. No, uh, who, it and with that, and, the spectator sport. Yeah. We, we need fans. It's a that's the lifeblood of the sport. You don't. You could maybe do it on a very short-term basis, but I don't think playing games behind closed doors is a long-term. Long-term solution. I would imagine it's probably one of the things that, that's being discussed, but it, I just can't see how it how it would work over a period of an extended period. No. Okay then, Peter. Just moving on to the games that did take place last weekend before um, the, the shutdown. Uh, Wakefield yeah. scraped through in the Challenge Cup against Bradford, and Castleford had a great win over St Helens. Um, some good exposure for rugby league there on a day when there wasn't much else going on. Uh, you know, Cass certainly turned it on for the TV audience. Yeah, it was a big day for Cass, wasn't it? And, yeah. and they came up with the right sort of performance. There was no other live sport on, so there will have been people who aren't used to rugby league watching it. And Cass and Saints are two good teams to, to televise in those circumstances, aren't they? But yes. Great win for Cass. Um, I think Leeds would have fancied playing Saints this this Friday. The performed Saints are in. They've lost as many games this season as they did in the whole of last year in, in Super League. They're not. Um, they're certainly looking at a shadow of their former selves. Yeah. But um, I think Cats are genuine contenders. If 
you know, if you assume the season's going to run its full course, um, they've got plenty of points in them. They defend pretty well, um, and they've coped with the loss of some key players through injury. I, I think that they could be heading for um, at least one major final this season. Castleford, you could say that about a few other teams as, as well, but um, I think on the day, Cast can match anyone. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see a huge amount of the game on Sunday, unfortunately, but I read the reports and obviously it was sounded very convincing. And as we discussed the other week, typical sport, really. People would probably have been expecting Saints to cruise through another season. And uh, as we often see in, in most sports, other teams have worked out how they play and uh, are coming up with good results of their own against them. And, and of course, that makes for... An interesting and better competition, you know, especially with different teams up there at the top. Yeah, it's very hard to retain a cycle, isn't it? It is. You shot that all the time, as Leeds, Leeds have found out in, in past seasons. Yeah. Um, well, say, I mean, Saints aren't out of it, are they? They're, they're still well in, the, well in the hunt at this very early stage. But um, I think some of the fear factor of playing them's gone a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, interesting week all round last week how Toronto winning at Huddersfield how, how on earth does that happen in the Challenge Cup Huddersfield won at Saints the week before and Toronto were nil, um, not nil but were absolutely pounded at Leeds 64-12 yes. and then less than a week later um, Toronto go to, to Huddersfield and nil Huddersfield fantastic result for um, for the Wolfpack there and I think it just it was an indication of of you know, people are expecting them to finish bottom, I think, of Super League, but they're still, they're still in the, the fight. Um, sure. And a terrific result for Salford as well, beating Wigan coming back from half-time when they weren't really in it in the first half, but in the end they deserved their... Um, yes, yeah, I did see more of that game, that, was, that was a good win. Defeat. So that's another, another exciting, good result for the competition, really. It shows that um, the old cliche, anyone can beat anyone on the day um, looking at the Challenge Cup weighted jaws straight through against yes. Um <laughs> yeah, so we're watching my front your, your boys uh, giving everybody a scare there Rich well yes I was I was following that one on my phone getting the alerts and so on and getting increasingly irate until Reese Lynn popped up <laughs> <laughs> and even then I was thinking well there's still time for Bradford to nick another but fortunately Wakefield held out Um and got a home draw against Featherstone so again hopefully maybe progress again but Featherstone won't be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination they'll need no, no motivation to beat really Wakefield that's a really good tie that it one is. Um, I would hope I'd, I'd get to see that one because Featherstone are a good team and they'll have nothing to lose and they'll, they'll test Wakey good old, good old fashioned uh, West Yorkshire West Yorkshire derby that one Yeah. I went to um, I went to Hulkair on Sunday Hulkair against Lee Um Okay, our leads as next opponents in the, the Challenge Cup if and when from when it happens. And they were they were fortunate to get through against Lee. Um, they were trailing on the last play of the game, fourteen seconds to go, and Nick Rosethorn scored the uh, scored the winning try. Um, and really certainly I didn't think Lee were that good actually, but but they probably deserved to win the game. Okay, are really struggling at the moment. They're one of the few teams I think that'll be looking at this break and thinking, well, 
they yeah. can get some players back and we can maybe rebuild a little bit. Perhaps, I don't know whether we'll be able to get everybody together for training, but perhaps have a little bit of a pre-season almost and just try and put this first month of the season behind them because they look vulnerable to me at the moment. Uh, if you were talking about who Toronto will have the sights on, I think it's okay at the moment. But they have 12 out, 12 players out, so it's it's understandable any team would struggle with that number of players out. Yeah. Um, the break will give them an opportunity, hopefully, to rest some bodies up and, and get some people fit and, and come back in a little bit better form. Yeah, just returning to Toronto for one moment, Pete, I noticed that Brian McDermott, the old Leeds coach, I know he used to be famous for maybe not playing one sub, but he, he didn't use three subs in the game against Huddersfield. I know they're shorter numbers, but that's got to be unprecedented in Super League, has it, that you played with basically 14 men? <laughs> yeah, well, um, Ginger Kev, as he's known on Twitter, oh, yes. <laughs> has been a member of the... the Evening Post Rhino's jury has always said that, that it's Brian McDermott's to ambition to get through a game and not use any substitutes. And he got pretty close to it the other day, didn't he? He Just did. Using one. Yeah. Um, I, 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 without being part of the camp, it's, it's difficult to know what the situation was. I think one of the subs he said wasn't fit anyway. But but everyone says it's a seventeen-man game. I think very very surprising. Um, Tactic, but it's something he did regularly during his during his lead stage, and um, he seems to have taken to a new level. Now he's at Toronto. It makes their win even more impressive. The fact that it was achieved with um, with only fourteen players. Yes, and I, I would have thought as well from the chat around the game that Huddersfield would be looking to target that. You know, again for for a cup run, as we mentioned last week, they'd be the sort of team who'd be looking maybe to get to Wembley. Um, yeah. So from that point of view, it was a great, it was a surprise all round to me because with Toronto, with their being promoted and obviously short of numbers compared to the other top flight squads, I wouldn't ever say a team would want to go out of the cup, but it wouldn't have been their priority, shall we say? No, but they've been drawn away to Newcastle Thunder in the next round, which yes. they expect to win. So um, yeah, that would leave them. That would leave them. Just a couple of wins away from a semi-final spot, and Shelburne Rugby League would be rubbing their hands together on the prospects <laughs> of Toronto getting to getting to Wembley this year. Yeah, and maybe we'll have a Toronto Catalans <laughs> final, yes. which uh, which would delight the um, which would delight the accountants at at Rugby uh, League headquarters. Maybe play it at Barrow or somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. No, no disrespect to Barrow. I was just thinking of a small ground. Handily placed on the, you know, on the coast, but uh... yeah, yeah, no, I think that yeah, might struggle to fill Barrow, but um, well, we shall see. And I, I, the Challenge Cup final is supposed to be in July, isn't it? They're yes. going to have to get a, get a move on to get um, to get that stage in time. Yeah, sadly, you could see that falling by the wayside if the season did restart. That might be another um, way of. Get cutting down on some fixtures. I don't know. Um, I suppose. I don't. I don't know. How would that work? Presumably, I mean, Wembley will be booked. They've been selling tickets. I'd, True. I just. I just don't know how it, how it will work. I'm glad it's not not me that's having to make these sorts of uh, sorts of decisions. Yes. Yeah, so I have full trust that that the people in charge of the RFL will get it right. Yes. Let's hope so. Okay then, Peter. Well, thanks again for all your comments. Um, thanks to everybody for listening. 
once again, uh, we welcome your comments and questions if you have any, um, and hopefully we'll be back soon. For the very latest uh, rugby league news, you can follow Peter on Twitter at PetersmithYEP, or myself at Richard Byron YEP, or indeed at YEP Sports Desk. And the latest news, both on sport and coronavirus in general, you can get at uh, yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk and at Leeds News Twitter account as well. Uh, hopefully we'll be back soon um, and hopefully we may have some rugby league to talk about but I, I can't see that in the very near future. But thanks again Peter for your time and uh, t take care of yourself and everybody out there.